nós não passamos a mão na cabeça de ninguém. Eu sou maluco na minha tortura, tu sabe disso? Eu sei o que é passar fome. Imagine that Lula uh, could send me to puta que pariu. After three electoral defeats, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva finally won the Brazilian presidential race in 2002. He ruled the country for eight years, during which Brazil experienced a global commodity boom, which combined with Lula's social programs focused on the poor, allowed millions of Brazilians to live extreme poverty. Brazil became more inclusive, better educated, and earned the status of an emerging power. When Lula left office, he was approved by 80% of Brazilians and was respected by the top 1%, almost as much as by the poor. Now, eight years after the end of his second term, Lula is in prison, serving a 12-year sentence for corruption and money laundering. His Workers' Party suffered major defeats in the 2016 municipal elections, losing many key municipalities, including the crown's duo São Paulo. Barring a legal equivalent of a miracle, Lula will not be on the presidential ballot. So, where will the left go in 2018 and beyond? As usual, I'm joined by Diogo Rodrigues, staff writer at the Brazilian Report. Hello, Diogo. Hello. And Ewan Marshall, editor at the Brazilian Report. Hey, Ewan. Hello. On Monday, August 20th, Two major polling institutes released the latest presidential polls. Both showed former President Lula leading the race with 37% of voting intentions. And that is despite Lula having been convicted for corruption and money laundering, despite having been incarcerated since April the 7th. Diogo, what does that tell us? Well, I mean, it is undeniable that Lula still has a very uh, strong power over a part of the Brazilian electorate. Because, uh, I mean, there are some really good memories about his, his, his two terms. Many people rose from poverty during his, his presidency. He managed to make the economy grow, uh, enjoying both, you know, a favorable uh, external scenery and, and by, you know, uh, implementing some measures internally that made consumption of, you know, industrialized goods rise and to really high levels and to distribute wealth among you know all middle class and the poorer classes of brazil so that means that he still has you know people have still good memories of him and he's a hope of of getting out of this crisis that we're living right now yeah but at the same time that is he's adored by one third of the election and one third of the election hates him uh lula has the second highest rejection rates among presidential hopefuls, only behind far-right candidate Jair Bolsonaro. You, went, you did a piece uh, on the pink tide that swept South America in the early 2000s, which is center-left governments that have swept across the region. And that now we, have, we see the influx, we, ha we see a blue tide, right-wing governments rising back to power. Uh, and that has a lot to do also with the shortcomings of the left, because, yes, in Brazil specifically, millions rose from poverty, but it was not 80 years of just happiness, right? I mean, there was bumpy, bumpy times, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, as Diogo just mentioned, the name Lula in a lot of the Brazilian population sparks this memory of better days. The beginning of the year 2000s, the economy is doing very well, all that sort of thing. So he has that kind of recall uh, to his credit. But at the same time, Lula and his party, the Workers' Party, 
have a negative recall which is constantly being connected to massive corruption scandals and there's even some sort of common sense belief in Brazil that the corruption has always happened in Brazil but the PT were the ones who you know really professionalized corruption which is not entirely true but it is a common perception among the Brazilian electorate and so going back to the PT years in Brazil Obviously, we had major gains in terms of reduce, like a reduction to the inequality, reduction of poverty. The economy was doing fairly well. But the problem is here is all of this was backed on, as Diogo mentioned, the commodities boom. So we have in- exports are going through the roof and the governments have plenty of money to spend on these wealth transfer programs to dish out money to the working classes and the people who are impoverished as well. And Brazil made incredible gains over that period. But? But, (laughs) exactly. But in what is a boom-bust economy that is built on exports, it's not very diversified. This is a strategy that it's naive. It's not going to last for long because, you know, the economy isn't always going to be great. And we had the, the bottom fell out of the commodities boom in the late 2000s and we had the two global financial crises and the money just completely dried up and another problem you have there is that during the the good times of the lula's of lula's years basically what they were creating was just a massive consumer class people just consuming and being able to travel abroad being able to buy cars even homes all that sort of thing yeah getting used to things that it was absolutely not possible in their lives previously exactly exactly which is which was a great thing for many people it was very symbolic of the of the lula years but then as i say when the when the bottom falls out of the commodities boom these consumers can't consume anymore and they're angry because you know they like this new lifestyle of their their nice car you know they like their 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 beachfront apartment they like all these things and this was one of the main problems of the of the pt government because they didn't do enough to diversify the economy they didn't do enough to work on infrastructure or even take advantage of the huge popularity that Lula had to push through some important reforms that easily could have been done because he easily had the the sway in the uh, Congress at the time. He had 80% of uh, approval ratings. He had the Congress at his side, which none of his two uh, successors had. Exactly. And uh, in terms of... So Lula will probably not be on the ballot. Diogo, there was another poll that was released last week showing that Lula's power to transfer votes to his understudy, Fernando Haddad, who's currently listed as his vice presidential nominee, is already working in some polls uh, without Lula, but with Haddad being presented as Lula's guy, he's polling as high as 15%. Uh, Should we expect the Workers' Party that everybody was calling for that to to rise again and once again be in the runoff stage of this election? Uh, It's hard to make predictions, but we know that Lula has that power to transfer votes. I mean, just look at Dilma Rousseff's case. He managed to make his successor, uh, especially in the first election that she won, he managed to convince everybody that she was his, uh, his representative. And then she was elected president, even though she had never uh, been in an election before, ever. I mean, for anything. 
And uh, I think that you can't underestimate Lula's power to to make Adagi his his representative. And but we don't know yet how the, the electoral scenery is in Brazil right now. I mean, some specialists like Alberto Almeida are saying that it's probably going to be divided between PT and PSTB. That's how it has been since 2006. Yeah, just social democrats on one social side and the Workers' Party on the other side. Center left versus center right. Exactly, and that's the way it has been for you know the last 12 years. And uh, well, if if everything goes according to the, the to the past logic, that's what we're going to see probably. Uh, Geraldo Alckmin, the center-right, against Fernando Haddad, maybe, uh, on the center-left. But, I mean, it's still early to, to tell anything because the, the campaign on TV and radio hasn't started. And that's always something that has a lot of power over people because they're on TV, like, three times a day and they're on the radio three times a day. So I think we can expect some realignments uh, after that. But let's assume that... Lula's strategy works and Fernando Haddad just gets elected as his proxy. Uh, even if the strategy is successful, isn't it too divisive? Doesn't it fracture the left so much? Because right now, uh, yes, Fernando Haddad is rising on polls, but then we have other two center-left candidates that are left out to dry, uh, Ciro Gomes and Marina Silva. I mean, how does the left... Uh, continue and uh, where will the left go past the October election? Well, when you look at the Brazilian left as a whole, they are completely demoralized at the moment. I'm speaking about the Brazilian left as in the the anti-PT Brazilian left, uh, which is a large part of the, the true Brazilian left, as the PT, as we, we know, are tending more towards a centrist party than an actual left-wing party. And so the, the left wing in Brazil is quite demoralized at the moment because of what they see as like a betrayal of the, of the PT during their time in government. And one of the reasons for that is that over the years of these, this PT government, the masses and the people on the streets, which was one of the PT's biggest advantages and one of their strongest points, have been almost completely demobilized and depoliticized as well. They're no longer... More, they're no longer class conscious. They're no longer speaking in the language of the. They're no longer speaking in political language, as in, um, along with the PT's kind of rhetoric and their plan. And the other alternatives, Ciro Gomes and Marina Silva, for the Brazilian left, they're not really Brazilian left alternatives. I mean, they're not. It's not an alternative for them. If anyone is there in the Brazilian electoral race at the moment as an alternative for the Brazilian left, it would be Guilherme Bolos of the of PSOL, but he's polling at minus 1% or something like that. And the thing is, the, the, the Brazilian left really needs to move on and they really need to find some sort of new solutions, which is extremely difficult because of their, their fractured nature. I mean, if we're talking about the PT even, the, the PT is a fractured party. And Fernando Haddad is not a popular figure inside the, the, the PT. Exactly. And we, when we talk about the left, usually we include Ciro Gomes as part of that. And we have to think that Ciro Gomes is not exactly on the 
radical left like Guilherme Boulos is, he was part of the Social Democrats, the center-right party, for a long time in the 90s. And he was also part of Lula's government. He was a minister. So, I mean, he's, he, I mean he, he has the same nature that, as Lula's. He has a conciliatory nature. A chameleon. He, yeah, he's a chameleon. He blows with the wind. So, I mean, Ciro Gomes is not exactly, you know, we're not talking about splitting the left. I mean, it's a center-left, maybe center, but he's not, you can't compare him to Guilherme Boulos and Marina Silva as well. No, of course not, but... Still, Cedo Gomes, he has uh, an agenda that is very connected to the left with social programs, educational programs, educational reforms. Uh, during his time uh, as Lula's minister, he oversaw the a major infrastructure program to take water to regions in the northeast that were desert-like. So that's why I consider him as part of the left, even if, yes, much closer to the center than Guilherme Boulos or with the Trotskyists from uh, like Veda Lúcia, which is one of the the presidential hopefuls who are not polling at all. But but these things that you're mentioning about Ciro Gomes, is that not just repeating the same mistakes of the past? Like the, the Brazilian left must look beyond that. They must look beyond someone like Ciro Gomes who was involved in these projects which have which they feel have betrayed them. Yes, but so who will be that leader? Because also, uh, even within the Workers' Party, Lula has always boycotted every single attempt of a new leadership to emerge. And he's, like you said, it's a very fractured party with, I don't know if that's the right word in English, but with factions that... Oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that fight with each other and uh, his ma majoritarian faction every time that has a, its leadership threatened, strikes back with muscle. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, the only thing holding the party together just now is Lola himself. As contradictory as it may seem, the very fact that he's in jail has strengthened his case and has removed, like you said, the work you, you, you didn't see people in red on the streets, and now you do. Now you have people calling for her. For him, and uh, even if he's uh, still a divisive figure, he has managed to assemble a big part of the left around him again. Yeah, as as long as we make the distinction that a lot of the a lot of the left who are mobilizing around these uh, these protests and demonstrations surrounding his imprisonment is more to defend. Uh, sorry, it's more to go against his imprisonment than to actually support him as a political figure, if you understand what I mean. As in, the people who are out on the street from the left are there to protest him being in jail. They're not there to protest... Sorry, they're not there to push him into the presidency, necessarily. Well, they're saying that an election without Lula is a fraud. Exactly, but that goes by... That is protesting his imprisonment and not saying that he is our president. Yeah, it's a fine line. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Well, the effect, I guess, is is just the same, you know. I mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and that's true. I agree with you. But I think that by, you know, it's th that thing that if you mention his name a lot, even if it's, I mean, it doesn't matter what they're saying, everybody's just talking about Lula all the time, and he, he, he gets stronger because everybody's yeah. talking about him all the time. Exactly. Like the last presidential debate we had, too. The first one, he was a non-issue, and it was very bad for him. And the second one... His biggest nemesis, Jair Bolsonaro, 
did me him a huge favor with one of the first times he spoke he was like yes i think it's immoral to have a guy like lula still pretending to be a candidate and that's what lula needs a, a guy from the right wing like jair bolsonaro uh talking trash about him so we're talking about what the left is doing for 2018 but moving forward what happens because like we were saying no leader no other leader has managed to rise within the workers party's ranks but if for instance fernando Haddad wins with Lula in prison, does he take over the Workers' Party? Does he become the new guy on the left? Well, he's certainly trying to do that right now. I mean, Folha uh, ran a story about a couple of weeks ago talking about how Fernando Haddad changed the way he, he acts inside the party because he wants to be, you know, he wants to be recognized, he wants to be respected, and he wants to be well-received by everyone there. So he, he, he he's more of an introspective. He's a scholar, a professor, and now he's playing the political game. He's being more extroverted. So I think that he might be thinking about that. He he's, has always denied that, but you can see that he's simplifying his language. I don't know if you've seen any of his latest speeches, but he's talking more like more and more like Lula, and he used to be like a very serious guy, a very you know a stern professor. guy. Exactly, college professor. I think that that's one of the one of the plans for PT. I don't know if it's going to work, but it certainly is because he's very young. He's very capable. I think another name that we should mention here is uh, the name who actually already mentioned earlier, which is Guillermo Bolos, uh, who is the the leader of the the MTST, as in the Landless Workers Movement. Now, in previous demonstrations which were surrounding Lola's conviction and his possible imprisonment, um, Bolos and Lola were often kind of seen kind of speaking together at rallies and things like that. And Lola speaks very highly of Guillermo Bolos as a person, but always with the qualifier that, oh, yeah, no, Bolos is, you know, he's great. He reminds me of me, but he's he's one for the future. You know, he's going to have a great future in this, which I've always kind of thought of as being a bit of, I think he might be grooming him a little bit. As in, maybe not the next election, but maybe the election after that. And and even physically. If phys- you, oh, yeah. If you God. see uh, Lula's uh, from the 70s and 80s and you see Bolo's, uh, the resemblance is striking be- for me. The beard, the yeah. belly. <laughs> that's it, that's it. And yeah, so I, and guess the he style. Just to, I guess he just needs to cut off one of his fingers and then he can be the... <laughs> the next president but just going back to lola and his 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 control over the pt and where where it goes from there perhaps well i mean i believe that as as long as as long as lola draws breath i think he is going to be the man in control of the pt i don't think there's there's any way that he steps down from that or he relinquishes that sort of control even in jail and and i think that maybe bolos would be so he runs the country from within jail with a proxy in brasilia well, yeah, if Haddad is the president, I mean, he can send some some smoke signals over to Brasilia or something like that. But I, in terms of his control of the party itself, I don't think he'll relinquish that even um, throughout his jail sentence. This poll results send shockwaves through the markets. The Brazilian hell lost value against the dollar. The stock market fell. Why are markets so afraid of the Workers' Party if Lula uh, was a centrist as president and Haddad, you cannot say he was fiscally responsible during his only tenure as a public administrator. When he was mayor of Sao Paulo for four years, he re- slashed the public debt by a third. 
Wh why are people so afraid of the Workers' Party still? It, it seems like this is 2002 over again. Even though uh, uh, Adaj and Lula are moderates, uh, one thing that is certain is that they're going to put a halt to the reforms that the, gov the Temer government has been making in the country. Uh, and I think the market expects someone like Temer, that would be Gerald Alckmin or any other uh, center-right candidate, and because they want these reforms to go on. I mean, the, the labor reform, the pensions reform, and Lula and has been vocal, uh, very very vocal about this. He's against the, the way that things have been done, and he will put. A, I mean, he will revoke the reforms. He said. So yeah, but, but but what what I cannot wrap my head around is that. The markets are not panicking around Jair Bolsonaro, who is a, a candidate that openly says he doesn't know the first thing about the economy and uh, who has a track record of favoring a huge state interventions in the economy. Uh, why is that? Because Jair Bolsonaro... They don't like red? Well, because they know that Jair Bolsonaro will play along with whatever the market tells him. He wants to stay in power, and whoever he puts on, uh, on charge of the economy will be someone who will be uh, will work towards the interests of the market as a whole. And the PT is not, is not going to be the same story. I mean, PT has a, a track record of, of doing things. Uh, I mean, not, uh, they're not rebellious against the market, but they favor national uh, industri industries and, you know, uh, Brazil internally as a whole, not the foreign markets and not financial markets. Yeah, and uh, the m candidates that the market are coveting the most are pulling at one, three, five percent. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you a lot about what the market expects and the country wants. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, if you like this podcast, please take a look at our website. It's Brazilian.report. Every day we have new content about Brazil's politics, economics, and society. We also have exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed on what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now to our free trial and enjoy all of our content for 14 days. And it's really for free. You don't have to put any credit card information. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week. Mm -hmm.